there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin, and I'm just so excited to introduce these two individuals today because for so long, I have just been waiting for Omaha to have like an awesome sandwich shop. Now, to be very clear, there are a lot of places in Omaha where you can get a good sandwich, um, but I haven't really found that place that was like that one joint that was solely dedicated to awesome sandwiches. And then about six months ago, I started seeing some stuff pop up on social media about this place called Get Real Sandwiches, and I allowed my hope to to be raised. But I, I still I was still shielding myself a little bit just in case I didn't want to get hurt again. But as soon as I visited and bit into the pork belly cubano, I knew <laughs> that my sandwich dreams had been realized. So now I have the two men who have helped create this experience for Omaha. Get Real Sandwiches, Aiden Beck and Jim Lesperance. Guys, welcome to the show. What's up, Dan? Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. So uh, just for anyone who hasn't been to Get Real yet, this is a, still a very new restaurant at this point. Opened on March 1st. and Yeah, we just finished our third week uh, yesterday. <laughs> so we're still in that first month. Yeah. And it's been going really well. Yeah, it's been a, a lot of fun, trials, tribulations, sweat, tears, and, and you know, some bread. <laughs> <laughs> All between two. <laughs> sweat, trials, tribulations, and bread. I love it. So I think one of the things that's kind of tough for a lot of people to wrap their minds around an artisan sandwich shop is because everyone can make a sandwich for themselves. Like, I can't go home and make handmade pasta, but I can take two pieces of bread and some meat and some cheese and slap sure. them together. So some, this, to be clear, this isn't me, but some people might look at it and say, why should I go pay $12 for a sandwich when I can make this at home? In order to make a legit restaurant out of that concept, you need to bring something interesting to the table. And I definitely have my theories on how you guys have done this, but I want to hear it from you. How have you taken that idea and made it into something elevated at Get Real Sandwiches. Yeah, well, Jim and I, um, we have bonded over food, right? So we met, uh, how long has it been? 12 years ago in Portland. 12 years oh, ago. Oh, you were ready for Portland. that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, so we're good friends, and we've, we've had a lot of shared meals together. Um, we both love food. So um, when I moved back... Uh, to Omaha um, back in 2020, Jim came out to visit and we, we had some great food. Um, I think the first meal that we had when Jim was in town was uh, Yoshitomo. Oh, it's hard to start much better. Yeah, I like to, <laughs> I like to go big. We <laughs> love sushi, right? Yeah. And that's the place to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we also love sandwiches and this place um, just opened up in Blackstone and like let's do a sandwich shop um so uh the the thought behind that was how how can we bring sandwiches that we've had in the past and recreate them in our own way and you know sell them to other people right mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of the sandwiches that are on the menu have been sandwiches that we've been inspired by in the past uh like that pork belly cubano yeah so it I think a lot of the way we instill value in this is like you're talking about you're going to go get this sandwich from the grocery store. You're going to buy a piece of bread, loaf of bread. You're going to get 
uh, sliced turkey, you're going to get all this stuff. And, you know, maybe not lo- so much love and care has been put into each ingredient. So we're roasting all of our own meats in-house. We're making our own sauces. We are getting the bread locally sourced from Rotella's. You know, we're getting and, the right uh, Cuban bread. Le Courtier. Big shout oh, out to Le Courtier mm, as well. Love those guys. Yeah. The and, ciabatta rolls on point. Mm-hmm. And then we make our own pickles. You know what I mean? Like, we everything has been... Like made by Aiden and and tested and, and eaten and these recipes are are from his experience and his life and that's how we add value. As you know, you can't make this sandwich at your house and if you're going to, it's going to take you five to seven hours. <laughs> I mean, at least we, we roast our own turkey, we roast our own beef, so it might take you two and a half days uh, to make this particular sandwich. Yeah, every component in uh, all of our sandwiches are done in house, um, and each one of those components. Very, very uh, thoughtfully created and a lot of trials and tribulations as far as recipe development. And then a lot goes into building a sandwich, right? You want to have the components in the right order and you want the balance between salty and sweet and, you know, spicy and all of those different flavors and uh, different textures. So we try to focus on all of those things uh, within each sandwich, this and something I hadn't even thought about asking you guys, but I want to ask now because it popped in my head. A lot of thing or something that a lot of people don't think about is sandwich construction. Because if you, if you don't build things in the right order, you take a bite of a sandwich, all of a sudden you got four different ingredients squirting out right. the sides. Like wh- you what? could have a slippery sandwich for sure. Exactly. So, like, what are what are like the the tenets of sandwich building? How how do you make sure the, yeah. that that doesn't happen? <laughs> slippery on slippery equals slippery. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like you want your lettuce to separate your mayo from your sliced apple apple on the turkey. And I eat the turkey a lot. Pickles are slippery. Yeah, they're the sleds of the sandwich <laughs> topping world. <laughs> you you want to isolate them into two subs between two substrates that are also not slippery, or else you're gonna you know have a slippery sandwich. So after some of those developments of the recipes and, you know, okay, this is a good component and this works well with this. And then it's uh, trying the sandwiches, the sandwich build in different in different ways. And like, okay, this is, I think this is the way we're going to do it. Okay, so you mentioned that all these sandwiches have come from different eating experiences that you guys have had. Sure. Can you, can you give me some examples of that? Well, I mean, with sandwiches, um, you know, it's all been done before, right? And in a lot of ways, um, the sandwiches that we have on our menu right now are kind of classics, right? Um, But uh, in regards to specific sandwiches, we have, we had a a very memorable um, experience with a smoke fried chicken sandwich in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. you recall the name of the yeah? It's People's Pigs. It's on William Street. Yeah. Shout out to People's Pig. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just it blew our mind. How many chicken sandwiches have you had? And obviously, we we've done, we do ours a little differently, and it's not you know, the exact copy of the recipe. Our sauces, our pickles are different. Um, they use like a jalapeno jelly or jelly or jam, and it's really delicious. Um, but it's just this flavor profile that we, we really hadn't had, and, and I don't think a lot of people have had that sandwich. So we were like, you know, let's let's bust this one out on Omaha to begin and see what, see what happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of thought, and the added value is that we have to get a smoker, and we have to get wood chips, and, like, this whole extra piece of equipment to make this thing happen. And I think that sandwich is a perfect example of 
what I think kind of makes Git real special, and you guys can comment on this, but like when I look at the menu, a lot of the individual sandwiches themselves, like the title descriptions, don't jump out necessarily. Like there's a fried chicken sandwich, there's a roast turkey sandwich, there's a roast beef, there's a grilled cheese. But every one of these sandwiches has one or two little twists as I'm reading through the sure. description where it's like, okay, that's familiar, that's familiar, that's new. <laughs> so like on the Cubano... There's no pulled pork, but there's pork belly. Mm-hmm. Instead, on that fried chicken sandwich, it's not just fried chicken. The fried chicken is smoked. On the roast turkey sandwiches, there's apples, and there's a pickled onion aioli. So I, I kind of love that you guys have, like, these familiar classics where everybody can say, I've had a roast beef sandwich, but you're like, but have you had this roast beef sandwich? I've got this one little tweak in here. I think you're really right. going to like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, with all of those, you know, very familiar and approachable, um, you know, items on the menu. Uh, you know, like we said, each one of those is very uh, thoughtfully crafted. Um, but, you know, as far as the turkey sandwich goes, I mean, turkey and Swiss, right? Like, it's a classic combo. But, you know, adding that freshness crunch of the apple really um, does take that sandwich to a, another level. Um, that the smoke fried chicken... It was a new one. Like uh, we, we obviously fell in love with this I- idea of the smoke fried chicken, and then we tested it out on my big barrel smoker. And so, I mean, the way that process is, it's just like a classic, you know, twelve or overnight brine and buttermilk. Um, and the tricky part is to smoke it just enough so you get the hint of smoke flavor. But if you take it too long, it ends up like you're eating a campfire, right? Um, you don't want s'mores fried chicken. Right. No. Or do we? <laughs> Next Ooh, up, yeah. get real. <laughs> s'mores fried chicken. Yeah, so I'm I mean, not going to lie. I would try that. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I mean, I've, I've been working in the, the restaurant industry since high school. Um, I've worked at a lot of different restaurants. Um, and we just kind of... We had always talked about potentially doing a restaurant together. Um, we're we're great friends, and um, after moving back to Omaha, um, Jim was in town, and like I said, this spot opened up, and we weren't planning on doing something as as quick as it happened. Right, um, the spot opened up. I think we had uh, looked into it in July, and then uh, closed in October, and then open in March. We just it just moved very quickly. Um, and, yeah, the whole process has been just really fun. Jim, do you have a background in culinary as well? Um, I have a background in eating. <laughs> me, me too. Yeah, yeah. I haven't and, opened a restaurant yet. Um, <laughs> uh, I managed a large large restaurant in my early 20s. There we go. Uh, for Rogue Ales out in Newport, Oregon. And we were doing, uh, like, $11 million in sales a year. And managing that restaurant was difficult. And Shout out to Rogue. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was difficult, and uh, I never. I said if I'd ever do the restaurant thing again, I'd have skin in the game, and now here I am. Uh, in between that, I worked in uh, television, and then I also did uh, conservation, photography, and filmmaking. Gotcha. So, Aiden, what brought you to Omaha originally in 2020? So originally, I'm born and raised in Lincoln, okay. uh, Lincoln, and uh, um, after high school... Um, I 
decided to move out to Portland, Oregon to go to culinary school, did the culinary thing. Um, and I'd always had a, a passion for food. And, you know, that moment in high school when you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, yeah, instead of staying in Lincoln and going to UNL, decided to shake things up and move out to Oregon, not knowing anybody. Um, and just fell in love with the city out there. Um, incredible food scene in Portland. Um, Very well known for the food scene. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, <laughs> I got to work in a lot of cool places in, in Portland. Um, and um, after culinary school, I did an externship um, at a hotel on an island called Saipan, um, which is near Guam. Um, and then just kind of traveled around, um, uh, lived up in Alaska for a while, worked in a hotel up there and then just kind of road trip and then found myself back in, in Portland. Um, and just kind of soaking up the, the food scene in Portland. Um, it was, it was a great time. Um, I met, uh, my partner Liz, um, at a bluegrass festival in Portland, um, who is from Omaha. So we're both Nebraskans and, we meet out in Oregon. Um, then she finally moved out. Um, and then next thing you know, we had a kid. Uh, we decided to get out of Portland. It was getting a little, little grimy. So we moved down to uh, Eugene and uh, lived on a farm. Um, we had to experience the, uh, the wildfires. Um, and that really uh, stoked some fear in us. Um, just having the just this wall of wall of fire being so close to our our home and our you know all of our possessions. COVID happened. We had a child and was like, okay, uh, maybe we should go back to Nebraska. Yeah. So that's how we ended up back in Omaha. And uh, I fell in love with the Blackstone District. Um, was trying out all the restaurants and I'm like, man, this reminds me a lot of Portland. It's got a great food scene on that street. And then that spot opened up. We're like, okay, yeah. I think, I think this is the spot. So, uh, without COVID and without wildfires, there'd be no get real. So, <laughs> like, it, it pushed Aiden and Liz back here, and then their son is my godson. And then the fires around where I was in Central Oregon, uh, I was like, air quality six hundred. Like, you couldn't go outside. My house didn't have an HVAC. It was like, it was a desert house that's meant to cool off with the sun and stuff so I can use less energy. And the only highway open was east. So I was like, I'm going to go back to Wisconsin, where I'm from. And then I ended up stopping in Omaha multiple times, doing this kind of journey during COVID, wandering around. And then that's how Get Real started. What is it about the Blackstone District that reminds you guys of Portland? Uh, well, it's got incredible nightlife. Um, you know, I, if you've ever been down there on, on a yeah. weekend, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's some rowdy folks, but I mean, just the, the buildings, um, the ability to walk from one bar to a restaurant, mm -hmm. um, so many different options within that, uh, few block radius, right? Um, night owl across the street from us. Love night owl. Portland dude. Yep. So like, yeah, yep. we met him a couple of times. Great, great guy. Um, so, you know, that, that makes it feel kind of Portland, you know, we're like 7% Portland and on I, that street, right? I, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad percentage. I, yeah, and I, have, I have to say the uh, Blackstone community, all of the, the owners down there have been 
very welcoming and yeah, very cool. It feels like a really good spot to be. Yeah. So are you just like walking down the street one day and you see, Hey, this spot's open or like, how did you become aware of in this? a way? So, uh, my partner Liz, um, went to school, um, with the, uh, some of the family that manages that street. And I think she got a, um, a call or a text. I don't know what the conversation was, but, Oh, it's a, Aiden, you know, want, wants to open up a restaurant. Oh, you should check out this spot that just uh, became available. And we went to go take a look at it and we're like, okay, I think uh, we can yeah. take out the drop ceilings and kind of make it a little bit more uh, feel um, better, you know, like, uh, yeah. And we put a lot of thought um, into the, the design and the vibe in there. Um, and that's a big part of this whole process too, is Jim and I just kind of riffing back and forth of like what we would want uh, our restaurant to be. Um, so, you know, since we've been to so many restaurants together and it's like, oh, we don't like this, or, yeah. you know, well, we love this. So it was really fun to be able to create that from, from the ground up. So as you're creating that, like what are the pillars of what, oh. Here's here are like the defining things of what we want our restaurant to be? I think... I think what we did is we started with the list of things that we didn't really write down on stuff that we, we didn't like about other restaurants. You know, okay, um, we don't want long service. We want high-quality food. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many times where you just kind of want something kind of quick, but you don't want to sacrifice quality. And I think that's something we definitely took from the West Coast. There's a lot of fast service or casual service restaurants out there that are serving really amazing food where you go to the counter and you get a number. And it's like, okay, we can do this here. We've eaten on this model 800 times, and this is by far, especially with staffing, doing with, like, pandemic, everything. Uh, you can run it with less staff, less complications, and you can still put out a really high-quality meal. That was another big thing, uh, kind of opening up a restaurant in COVID, you know, during COVID. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I mean, but trying what to, are we doing? Trying to figure out, like, okay, the business model, if we are doing this, uh, we don't know how staffing is going to look mm-hmm. um, by the time we open our doors. So the thought was to try to keep um, the staff as small as possible. So therefore, we have more of a, a streamlined, condensed menu, um, order at the counter, you know, bust your table. Um, so we don't need to have such a large crew. Um, but I think, you know, that mentality... Um, the, the fast casual scenario, um, order at the counter, take a seat. Um, it, it's become really popular in the last few years um, with a lot of different um, cuisines. So just kind of taking that idea. But we also wanted to serve alcohol. Um, so the way that the, the restaurant was set up, we could only do so much with the flow. And so we kind of came up with this idea of like, okay, if there's going to be a line – to order the counter, uh, if we're not going to have a sit-down bar, let's have the line start at the bar so you can get a drink while you're figuring out what you want to eat. Come drink our drinks. <laughs> so <laughs> they're delicious. The, yeah, they're just like the sandwiches, there's a, a lot of thought um, uh, that went into uh, crafting our, our cocktail menu. Um, so in regards to that, we've got... Uh, four cocktails on the menu right now, um, and we're already thinking about spring cocktails. Um, so we kind of opened up in this, you know, the end of the hopefully the 
the end of the chilly season. Um, yeah, right. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, looking ahead, we are also really passionate about wanting to change our menu with the seasons. Um, so potentially keeping some of those staple sandwiches and, um, you know, certain things on the menu, but also rotating uh, the sandwiches and the cocktails with the season. I think, uh, and then to really circle back to the beginning of this question would be um, the design of the restaurant. We wanted to keep it local, keep the art local. So we have Weston Thompson uh, from Frank Black Studios did our mural, and we have art hanging up in there. Um, Reclaimed Enterprises did our tables, which is like reclaimed old uh, train beds. And then the wood you see that we have there is 100-year-old Nebraska barn wood. So we wanted to keep the dollars uh, inside inside Omaha and Nebraska as much as possible because that's how you get support from the community and you support the community. It's, you know, it's a give and take. Uh, we also wanted to have some flair from Pacific Northwest. We have Able Arts. We have some prints out of a printmaker from Portland. So Northwest we to, flair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we wanted to kind of bring some both worlds together. And then the paint, man, Paint, the struggle for paint. Paint, that's yeah, another yeah. issue. Yeah, we painted twice, this whole one twice, because it was, like, neon green. And, then, you know, it's, like, we're just looking at it all day, and we're, like, no. And then it's, like, you know, repainting and trying to get... Paint looks different from, like, three inches to six <laughs> inches to when it's on the wall. It's, like, you should have special training to help someone figure this out. <laughs> because both of us are do visual or audio or some sort of art, and we can't... And we it was a struggle. Paint was the hardest part about opening a restaurant. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> or at least up there. See, these are the things that people don't think about yeah. at all. Yeah. Wouldn't know. Well, it's how the space feels. And, like, you know, if you've been in a place that feels too big or too small or too loud or too quiet, you don't you don't want to hang out in there. And we want people to feel comfortable in our space because that's, the you know, if you just get your food and it's kind of weird and you want to leave, I don't. We don't, we don't want that kind of restaurant. We want it to feel warm and welcoming. And people, a place people felt at home. I think you guys did something really interesting with the vibe and the atmosphere in that space. Because normally when you think sandwich shop, you think like deli counter and white Mm -hmm. walls and, you know, kind of a, you know, a lot of like pull out chairs and, you know, maybe booths, things like that. You guys created a space that is really kind of alive and vibrant and like it has some life to it yeah i guess you've mentioned some of those elements already but how are you able to kind of take the traditional sandwich shop expectations and kind of flip them on their head and present it in a totally new way well i think uh a lot of that um that space just has natural uh beauty to it the there's a large concrete wall um we removed um, some um, flooring, um, like some red flooring, and expose the concrete um, floors. And then by bringing in a bunch of, um, you know, barn wood, we have a lot of natural components. Um, <clears throat> so we brought a lot of our own personalities into that space. Um, and that mural is kind of the focal point. If you haven't seen uh, the mural in there, uh, Weston uh, did a great job on that. Um, and it just adds a lot of color and vibrance uh, to that space. Yeah. I mean, uh, everything was supposed to be uh, just hand-picked, a lot of pacing around, a lot of what of this, what of that. 
looking at samples, looking at that stuff, you know, it's, it's the first time designing a restaurant, I think for both of us. And, you know, it's to start with this canvas that we were not happy with. And we removed a lot of things and added a lot of things and then to go, okay, everything's removed. Where do we go from here? And what's, and obviously you have these ideas and you have a budget and you go, okay, what are we supposed to be doing here and there? And it, it was a lot of just back and forth and, and bouncing things off of each other. And then, you know, Liz and his partner helped quite a bit with ideas. Yeah, and those was, last, really last minute touches with plants. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, you know, warms up the atmosphere. Um, and we just got a garage door installed just in time for spring. So there was a couple days already where we were able to pop that open. Yeah, and, yeah. And it just really opens up the yeah. space. So we're really excited to have that open more often and, and kind of have the patio and the main dining room just be kind of one thing. Yeah, I got an endorphin rush the first time we opened that. <laughs> it was just like, behold, you know, it was it was a really great experience. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, I'll fully admit, I mean, I've never opened a restaurant, so I don't know one one hundredth of what goes into it. But one of the things that I've learned from this podcast is people have come on and, and talked about, like, there's so much that goes into the vibe and the atmosphere of a restaurant mm-hmm. that you don't even think about, like the type of silverware you yeah. select, mm-hmm. the way paint looks, you know, from a certain angle, like right. h- how does the ventilation yeah. work? Are people going to be too cold or too yeah. hot? Like there are so many components, like everyone just thinks, oh, let's open a restaurant. We're going to serve great food. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But there's a ton other stuff that goes into like before you even get that plate in front of you, your expectations are set by everything that's happening around you. Right. And um, to kind of go off of that and move into the kitchen, um, creating a line, you know, like how I would want it to run was also really exciting. Um, Getting brand new equipment in and, you know, trying to get some good used equipment in and trying to figure out just the best flow for everything uh, was really fun. Uh, We're working with not the smallest kitchen in the world, but it's a little tight, right? So it's very crucial to have everything exactly where you want it to um, keep that, that's, you know, service as as quick as possible. Um, And we were very fortunate um, to partner up with, uh, a good friend of ours uh, now, uh, Scott Weiss, who has opened up, um, s- helped open up some restaurants in San Francisco, and he was a crucial um, uh, part of helping us come up with the best decisions um, and layout for for the kitchen and and beyond. So, it's it's always good to have a, a collective of of people um, to come up with the best solutions for certain yeah. things one is definitely a deficit two is barely enough i think maybe five to six is where you're feeling comfortable but then also might be too many voices you know <laughs> there's just so many decisions we made and like everything you listed um we had some sort of issue with you know the hvac you know we have it's, it's cold in omaha the wind it's drafty you know it's like we're getting different hvac guys in there we're doing different things and you really have to be so conscious about that while doing all the paperwork and while making the menu and while trying to source everything um, and then open up uh, in a timely manner because, you know, the, this, when we go into the space to the time, you know, you're opening is just you're burning money. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it feels really good to have all of those small weird decisions in the rear view mirror. Yeah, and now it's like okay, now we can talk about like the spring menu. What what are the next sandwiches? Mm-hmm. What are the next salads? We're uh, you know I mentioned cocktails um, and potentially going to start doing um, well, hopefully soon uh, doing a brunch scenario Ooh, on Saturday and go. Sunday. Um, you know, late night and a, Ooh, a late night yeah. menu as well. Um, so exciting things on the horizon. Um, we just wanted to get that main uh, foundation, that block of hours, you know, uh, 11 to 10. And then after we have a, a solid foundation with that, start looking into brunch and happy hour and late night and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. You know, you got to make sure the ship sails before you start adding cargo. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good, good little phrase there. <laughs> so I, I always like to, when I have restaurateurs on, uh, I like to t- kind of take them back to the start of the restaurant and ask them about the first day. Like, what was it like opening up for you guys? This is very fresh. This should be a fairly easy question to answer. <laughs> yeah. So, you've, I mean, we talked about how this all came together pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but still I'm sure it's something that you've had in your mind for years. You've been thinking about this concept. It's been slowly molding over time. What is it like for you, whether you want to talk about the soft opening or the actual first day opening, and when Get Real is like actually a concept and there are customers and there are people eating in the restaurant, like what are your memories of those first services? Oh, man. It's like a dream. Yeah, I'd say there's like a lot of concern uh, about how everything's going. Like everything, you're kind of hyper-focused on everything, and it's like... Maybe these people aren't having the best time with each other, but if they're not looking super happy, I'm like, there's something wrong with my sandwich that I gave them, you know? So it's like turning down that sensitivity, keeping your head forward. The soft opening was really excited with Liz and Aiden having family around here. We had a big, big friends and family turnout. You were there. It was like a party. Yeah. That was a fun time. Yeah. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. you know, just like with anything, um, you know, there's so much leading up to it. And then when it's when you're living in it, you're just it's just you're going through the motions. And I tried to step back a couple of times and just like kind of look at everything happening and be like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, I want to remember this. So there was a moment um, where the whole dining room was full. Everybody was talking, having a great time. I just kind of had a moment, mm-hmm. took it all in a little uh, mental snapshot, and uh, yeah, I, w- I won't forget that. Then back on the line, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> boop, and then yeah. no more pictures. Yeah. Back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the soft opening was great. Um, it was a really good experience for um, our new employees that were working. A great experience for management, just to kind of feel comfortable knowing that the people um, that were there were extremely. Um, you know, responsive in a, in a great way and also very, um, uh, you know, understanding if, if, uh, you know, 30 people showed up at once and then, you know, in the back we have a full rail, you know, if those ticket times are a little bit longer than we would, um, like, uh, it, you know, it was the opening day, right? So it was a good, uh, it was a good training. And then we opened up, uh, we took a day off and then, um, you know, day of rest, like one final day of rest. Um, and then we opened up on a Tuesday and that, that was a whole different level of nerves and excitement. It's like, okay, now we're open to the the public. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I mean, that first week just went by pretty, pretty smooth. Yeah. And, uh, I think we opened up at a really great time. Um, that, that district gets very busy, um, in the springtime. So I think with the cooler weather, um, it hasn't, we weren't at full capacity right off the bat. So it gave us a really good opportunity to train and not feel overwhelmed at the same time. So Mm -hmm. I think uh, spring training, spring training, as they call it. <laughs> you know, it's like we are, our business is steadily rising. People like really like our food, and we're we're kind of batting down the hatches for the for the Blackstone Rush, uh, and uh, you know, pumping out quality sandwiches, doing podcasts, shaking hands in the neighborhood. You know, that's our <laughs> that's our marketing scenario right now. Yeah, and. It's more than just sandwiches, too. Oh, yeah. Like there's, sal- salads. there's salads. <laughs> yeah, there's... <laughs> there's desserts. Yeah. There's corn fritters, yeah. which are excellent. We're, I mean, yeah, we, we could break down the yeah. menu way more if you guys want to. Oh, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be changing uh, um, a lot. I mean, that's the nice thing about having a chalkboard that we can just, you know, before service, hey, we're going to put this on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um and I think there's going to be a lot more of that, more specials and a more shareable uh, plates and, um, you know, just try to get the word out that it, it is more than just sandwiches. Um, get real sandwiches and more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get real sandwiches yeah. plus. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's all about getting things moving and then adding to the scenario and then being always being on our toes, you know, what's fresh, what can we do, what can we bring here? We've had a lot of repeat customers already, and so that's where you, like, really want to step your game up to give these people more incentive. Like, yeah, the same six sandwiches are great, but how many times can you rotate through that until you're like, okay, you know, even if it's an amazing product, then you maybe go there once a month or once every other month, but if we keep doing new new things i mean we want to keep our people coming back and we want to keep them happy Mm -hmm. what do you think uh what would be your go-to sandwich like i'm not like if you could create a sandwich in you know what would be the ideal sandwich for dan oh man yeah i'm getting put on the spot on my own (laughs) podcast Man, I should have thought about this more. Definitely something spicy. I I love some heat to something i mean the first thing that comes to mind is some kind of italian sandwich um Honestly, like the the Cuban is, mm. you guys already got a good play on that. Sure. That's one of my f- probably Cuban and pastrami would okay. be my two okay. favorite sandwiches. Or ooh, <laughs> well, I don't want to put this on you guys because it's it can be a difficult and sometimes expensive product. Right but on. short rib, uh-huh. short well, rib is like my go to protein. So well, in, you, anything with short rib, I'm <laughs> I'm in on. We'll have to bring back the special we just ran yeah. for. Uh, I Pat. saw that <laughs> yeah. and I was so mad because yeah. I couldn't come in that day. But yeah, you guys yeah. had a we did a, a Guinness braised short rib <sighs> um, and, and we did on poutine as well. It uh, looked so good. Yeah, so we just put a uh, you know. A, a green cabbage slaw in there with a chermoula sauce on a French roll on a French chermoula. Mm. Yeah, um, love short rib as well. Any any kind of braised meat. I mean, you can't really go wrong. It's mm-hmm. just it's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So um, talking about braised meats, I was just kind of going over ideas about you know what's going to be for breakfast or on our, our on our brunch menu. We love the idea of some sort of uh, braised pork um, on like a. Toasted sourdough with an easy egg and some gravy or, you know, some yeah. sort of hollandaise. Maybe some, do a little barbacoa style Ooh. with some pickled onions. There we go. You know what I mean? Uh, 
just you know, trying to variations. Always twisting. I think that's maybe like a, you know, it's a twist. See, I I love so much about you guys' heads because you're clearly always thinking of the next step. You're thinking about the customer's next visit. You're thinking about, okay, we've got something good, but how can we amp it up? What if we added brunch? What if we added a late-night menu? Mm-hmm. You know, what if we add a special for St. Paddy's Day? Like, that's all great, but at the same time, like, you still have that awareness that, hey, we're a new restaurant. We're trying to get our processes down. Staffing is difficult for all restaurants right now. Sure. Like, we have to keep sure we keep we keep this menu tight. Like, how difficult is it for you, or maybe even was it for you as you're developing the first menu to take these, I'm sure it's like thousands of ideas in your head and say, okay, we can't do all this right mm-hmm. now, yeah. but we need, to, we need to start small and then expand. How difficult was it to adopt that mindset? It was very difficult, and I think the way that the, you know, our opening menu uh, turned out was that we wanted something for everybody, right? Um, you know, we do have, uh, you know, uh, we've got a roast, roast beef. Uh, sandwich turkey, a uh, Cubana. So there's the, you know, pork, turkey, uh, ham, uh, chicken. And then we also have a, a sandwich for vegetarians. Right? Which is excellent. Yeah. I am not a vegetarian and I had it because I thought it just looked great. Yeah. It's a tremendous sandwich, butternut squash. Yes. Yeah, love and, it. And uh, oyster mushrooms from uh, Flavor Country Farms. Love those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout out to Kevin Novak. Can't wait to get some more of their mushrooms in. Um, thinking about <clears throat> the next. Uh, special. It might end up on the snacks menu, but doing a, a toasted sourdough herb chev um, with uh, some some of their chestnut mushrooms and some pickled onions. Uh, just love love mushrooms. So that also can be made vegan as well. Absolutely. So we have some some vegan friendly options as well. Um, our soups vegan. Yes, yeah, soups, soups are, are vegan. Yeah. but they do contain nuts. Nuts. Okay. For right. anybody with nut allergies. Yes, but they're house-made soups. There Right now we have roasted tomato and squash. So, you know, we want the meat eater to be able to eat with the vegetarian, to eat with the vegan. You know, so we want you to feel good in our space. We want, you know, inclusivity um, in a restaurant as much as we possibly can have it. And it's always great uh, being a meat eater when you eat a uh, vegetarian sandwich and you don't even miss the meat, right? That's my goal for any type of you know, vegetarian food is, you know, it doesn't need meat, right? Well, when you've got those hearty vegetables like the squash and those mushrooms, they kind of take on that meaty texture. So you're not just eating bread and tomatoes and lettuce, but it it feels more substantial. Yeah, it goes back to the texture thing for sure. Mm -hmm. That's that's all about the sandwiches right there, texture. So after you moved back to Omaha in 2020, I'm sure you've been doing market research for the last couple of years. You've been eating right. around Omaha and trying to figure out, okay, wh- where's my niche? What 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 does this city need? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, you saw we've got plenty of Subways and Jimmy John's sure. and all the, you know, the, uh, the chain sandwich shops. Uh-huh. But like I said, I don't know if there's really a standout, this is the sandwich shop. So I'm sure there's part of you that looks at that and says, there's a real opportunity here. Like that, that's my niche. But is there also a side of you that looks at that and says, well, why isn't there one? Like, has someone just not made it or does this community just not understand it? Like, yeah. How did, how did you kind of balance those two ideas? Honestly, I I didn't really give that too much thought. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, when we got excited about, moving forward with the sandwich train, um, 
We were all in. Choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think at the end of the day, it's it just trying to like, yeah. I mean, sandwiches. You know, it's in our name, right? Um, and our blood. And our blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I did, I didn't really consider that too much. I, I, I felt confident in the, um, <clears throat> you know, the people that helped get real. Um, you know, be what it is today. Um, you know, Jim and I have, have bounced off ideas about sandwiches and I've felt comfortable like, okay, you know, with the ideas of the sandwiches, I think it's going to be great. You know, and if people, if this market didn't want it or if it wasn't going to go well, then I think, you know, then we would just say, cool. We, but we are so confident in our product. Everybody products. loves a sandwich. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just confident. Which is what shocked me yeah. that we didn't have a sandwich shop yeah. before this. Like, yeah. sandwiches are awesome. Yeah. Why yeah. is no one making great sandwiches? For sure. I'd say on. that's a reaction we get, like, a lot of new customers. Like, you're here. Oh, my gosh. We, we need a sandwich shop in this place. We're so happy. Yeah, especially um, in that, that, that four-block radius, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. I th- they, that street has a lot of great uh, food. But they didn't have a sandwich spot. So I think that was, you know, that that spot came up and was like, okay, I think this is the right spot for it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that being said, we are um, already kind of looking ahead um, and potentially going to start doing uh, get real catering so we can offer, um, you know, sandwiches to the the masses, you know. You know, a little business lunch. You know, box sandwiches. Sounds fantastic. Some PowerPoints, some chicken salad. <laughs> Spreadsheets, you know, Dow Jones, yeah, yeah, NASDAQ. Yeah, yeah, uh, pork. Yeah. <laughs> little pork belly cube on it. That's, yeah, that's yeah. good for the productivity <laughs> in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Definitely not going to put you to sleep. Yeah. Um, so you guys had talked about this concept. You talked about your love of sandwiches before. You know, this is a friendship that is... I don't know if built on food is the right word, but heavily involved food. Yeah. So, Jim, when Aiden comes to you and says, hey, you know this thing that we've been talking about doing for so long? I think I might have found the space for it. And it, like, it starts to get real. Yeah. Like, what what nice. was that moment like for you? Just like, holy cow, like, we've been talking about this, talking about this. Now it's right in front of us, and we can do it. Yeah, I think that's a good moment. Because I, I have to say, like, uh, how Aiden and I are friends for so long, he would cook for all of our friends we'd have get-togethers and be like hey there's 16 people coming over to your house to watch the show or to watch a concert and he's like okay well give me like 180 bucks i'm gonna go to costco and he would throw together this meal for like 14 or 15 of us for that that kind of price and and just eating so much of his food and eating food with him in so many different places i think it was exciting um I think that moment where we found the space, I think we weren't really ready for it. We had just look at, started looking at spaces. Like, we had just basically started being like, well, let's do this. And then, like, four days later, Liz, his partner was like, yo, the space is right over here. And then we walk around it, and then, you know, there's this moment pacing around his kitchen. And, you know, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? And like, <laughs> I think we're going to do this. If we don't do it here, then where would we do it? And then that kind of spiraled in her a seven eight month journey and and here we are and i think it it's overall been a really great experience a learning experience and uh it happened really fast (laughs) and it it was amazing 
Now, th- there are so many different directions that you can go with sandwiches. I mean, sandwiches are basically a, a blank canvas. As long yeah. as you have, I, I was about to say, as long as you have two pieces of bread, but you can even do like flatbreads. You can. Yeah. This is a discussion for another date. Oh, I mean, yeah. the hot dog sandwiches, you know, or what? I'm, I'm a hard no on a that. Hard a hot dog is not a sandwich. Yeah, a hot dog it is, is a hot dog. Yes, yeah. it's its own thing. Why do we have to make yeah, yeah. it something else? But then is it a taco? Tacos and tacos. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you, you're totally right. That is a discussion for a different day. Um, but I, I kind of want to, you guys put me on the spot and we're like, what kind of sandwich would you like to see? Ooh. Now, I want to ask you guys, like, you've traveled a lot of places. You've eaten a lot of different sandwiches. What's your favorite sandwich? And maybe how has that inspired something on the menu or how might it in the future? We, uh, I think we both have um, very similar um uh, cuisine. Uh, we both love a lot of the same cuisine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my all-time favorite uh, sandwich is a banh mi. Um, yeah. So I can't. We wait. need a banh mi on Get Real's menu. At I can't some wait point. to do something with a banh mi. Um, I love Korean food, um, so potentially doing something with kimchi, gochujang. Um, I mean, that's probably yeah. next up. Uh, Jim, what do you got? I think uh, like traditional kind of Japanese, like pork. Pork katsu sandwiches come on. It's like white bread. Um, it's like just a fried pork cutlet and like Japanese curry and whatever. Like those different sandwiches are really plain and awesome. Um, I mean, I, I love the Asian influence stuff. I mean, uh, the the Asian food scene in Portland is is so diverse. There's so many just specific restaurants that we just get to go eat this one dish at. We were so lucky out there. Um, you know. <sighs> Favorites are so hard for me because I, I think food's such a big part of my life, and I don't want to also say banh mi, but banh mi's are <laughs> banh mi's are awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been. And there's on, not a lot of places here you can get them, so yeah, opportunities right. are there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're gonna be seeing a pork belly banh mi here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, I've been on the. This is going outside of the realm of sandwiches, but I have to bring this up. I've been on the soup dumpling train. Soup dumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need a soup dumpling place here in Omaha. So anybody, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we order order them online and get delivered to us now. Uh, but like, we we love soup dumplings. So it's just a, such an in depth process, and there's no way to turn it into a sandwich. So this is or is yeah or is it? So what about if we did uh, like the soup dumpling, like the pork meatball, and then had it'd be kind of like like a French dip, yeah, yeah. but with Okay. Yeah. Did we just make a sandwich <laughs> on the podcast? This is how it happens. Like this is this is how we're, we don't sit around and go like, "Hey, let's talk about sandwiches." We just end up talking about sandwiches. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. End up talking about food. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's use this as, a, as an example because I'm or maybe not as an example, but this brings up something that I'm very curious about. So like. I want to talk about the development of a sandwich from the idea until it hits the menu. So let's let's just take the the pork belly cubano. Mm-hmm. You start off, you say, okay, we want to have a Cuban sandwich on our menu. Mm-hmm. That's a staple. We love Cuban sandwiches. Mm-hmm. What happens between that point where you decide this is going to be on the menu to bam, it's on the menu and we're serving it? Um, <clears throat> coming up with the initial menu, it, it was a back and forth constant like if Jim wasn't in town it was text messages of like what sandwiches we love we probably have like a list of like 200 sandwiches mm-hmm. and just having the Cubano 
come up over and over and over again. Um, that's how it ended up on the menu. And then a lot of R and D, you know, so just testing it out and getting all of those, those flavors, right. The first time we had it, we're like, okay, this is gonna, this is gonna be fine. How many iterations are we talking? Oh, not too many. I mean, we pretty much, yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Aiden's pretty good from the mind to the skillet. You know, like he, it doesn't take him a lot. I mean, it was kind of amazing. Sometimes I thought there'd be many others, more. But yeah, yeah, I thought there'd very be a lot more. Generous, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I the mean, soup dumpling <laughs> meatball sandwich gonna, might take more than yeah, two or three. Yeah, 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 we're gonna need to go to the whiteboard yeah. on that one. But uh, I don't know. So. I, I think you're never gonna re- recreate a soup dumpling in a sandwich because, uh, but you can recreate those flavors and that idea <laughs> of like, okay. This is very reminiscent of a soup dumpling. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about this because I'm going to hold you guys to this. Okay. You guys think we're just messing around on oh, a podcast. I'm not no. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. You can't tease out yeah. a sandwich like this yeah. and then not bring it to fruition. I thought I'm, about making a pocket of broth and leaning across a sandwich. <laughs> but then when you bite into it, it would just like. It, yeah, that, I think that goes back to the sandwich construction. Yeah. We were talking about that would. That'd be a bit of a mess. You might have to stock up on napkins yeah, to serve that. For sure. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, if you ever have any uh, ideas about sandwiches or, like, you know, wake up in the middle of the night dreaming about a, a sandwich and you want to see it on the Get Real menu, just let, let us know. And we'll, <laughs> that, <that's laughs> we'll try a, to make it happen. That's, yeah. a, that's a dangerous <laughs> door that you guys just opened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think about sandwiches often. Yeah. Yeah. You should live on the edge over here, you know. <laughs> So uh, we're we're running a little bit low on time, and which I hate because I've loved this conversation so much. You guys are so much fun. But there's two questions that I'm very interested to hear your answers to. I like to ask these to all my guests, but for you guys, you've you've been in the industry, but you're you're first time owners. So I think this could be very interesting. The first one is, what is one thing about the restaurant industry that most diners don't understand that you wish they did? I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, especially in the time that we're living in, um, being a new restaurant, um, across the board with our economy, there are a lot of, um, you know, certain things that just cost more than they used to. And people sometimes when they go out to eat, don't realize that, um, makes that transition to the restaurant. Um, so it's always good to go out and support uh, local um, restaurants, local businesses, and just keep that in mind. Uh, there's so much thought that goes into every single thing um, in a restaurant like ours, um, as far as like music, um, lighting, um, like you said, silverware, you know, just c- certain things. So, um, and especially with new restaurants, um, you know, just try to go out and support them as much as possible um, because a lot of um, love and uh, passion and thought goes into stuff like that. Well, real quick, going back to that pricing thing, I mean, as we record this right now, I think it's, I think it's Arthur Bryant's one of like the Kansas City barbecue giants right now is encouraging customers not to buy brisket Mm -hmm. because brisket costs so much and they're just like, we can't serve this to you unless we jack up the price and it's like 20 bucks a pound wow. for the customer. So they're yep. encouraging customers to buy different things. Like this is a crazy world we're living in, in terms of pricing and everything. So just wanted to, that's a very good thing to bring to 
diners minds and wanted to back you up on that. Yeah. And absolutely. I, you know, as you know, as people that go out and eat uh, at restaurants too, you know, sometimes you get that the shock. Oh man, this is a little bit more um, than I, I would have guessed, but um, it's, it's worth it when you are eating high quality food. Um, we're not getting rich. Uh, we're doing it for the love of food. Um, and, um, it's, yeah, it's a good thing to, to support those people that are, are trying to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Jim, what, what do you wish diners understood better? Um, I think the, the, the process that if you're opening a restaurant correctly, uh, it's a culmination of almost all your experiences and coming through it. And, um, I think that if they understood that more, that'd be great for me. Uh, and I think more or less that it takes a lot of effort to do what we're doing, and it, it's kind of a, a kamikaze career. You know, a lot of people are saying, if you don't have to do it, don't do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I really just want them to eat our food. You know, just come eat our food, and then you'll understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And then last thing, uh, and I'll get you guys out of here on a positive note, what's your favorite part about being part of the restaurant industry? Uh, I've been a part of the the industry for so long. It is very rewarding um, to be the owner and to be doing it with my best friend and having all of our ideas come to fruition and having people experience it. Yeah, I mean, seeing seeing people enjoy the sandwich. You know, seeing people, our, our first customer on the second day was somebody who was in there on the first day. That's and, awesome. And she's like, I don't do this. I don't eat the restaurants twice. So, you know, I mean, just those experiences of like, okay, those first experiences of like, we did this. We did it. Because no matter what, we're putting all this experience together in, in this one room, and we, we know we're doing this correctly. But then you start getting the feedback. And I think that just reassurance and and just, you know, people enjoying their lunch break a little bit more because we put some effort into stuff. You know, life can be a grind sometime. And, you know, if you have delicious food, it can make it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one more thing before we end this, I just want to say thank you to you and people like you uh, that shine a spotlight on local restaurants with your blog, the the podcast. It's crucial for people like you uh, to do what you do to, you know, make make it easier for us to do what we do. I'm not doing anything except eating and then (laughs) getting some some microphones and asking some dopey questions. You guys are the ones doing the hard work. No, really, though. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. That that does mean a lot. Take our thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I will will take them. I I accept. Uh, You're welcome. What what I really love about this conversation is I feel like it, it summed up just get real kind of perfectly and that you guys are loose you're fun you kind of let it all hang out you you show your personalities but there's also a lot of intentionality and thought behind everything you do like you're not just out here like hey come get a sandwich i mean you have that attitude but you have constructed the environment you've constructed the menu you've constructed the atmosphere everything about it has been very well thought out and i just think that's part of what makes get real something that has been able to kind of really get going quickly. So many restaurants kind of stumble out of the blocks and and you guys have hit it so far. So I would highly encourage anyone listening, like go check out get real and 
you know, we've talked mostly about the sandwiches, but you mentioned salads. Uh, there are several side dishes that are great. We didn't even hit on the desserts that like the brownie cookie sandwich thing is unbelievable. Absolutely love that. So there's a lot to check out. And like you mentioned, there's a lot more that could be coming down the pike soon. Aiden and Jim, thank you so much for taking the time and for joining me today. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah. All right. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.